Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today we are chatting with Ben House from House Design Service. On the show, Ben shares his top 10 commandments for freelance designers, sharing great tips, advice and tricks. I really, really enjoyed this show. I think it is one of the best I've ever recorded. There's just so much great advice in this episode. I really hope you learn something from it. So let's get into it. Welcome to the show again. Thank you. It's so good to be back here. I, uh, I love being, I think this is my third appearance on this Creative Waffle podcast, and uh, very, very grateful for the opportunity. And um, thank you so much for having me on, Mark. And um, excited to see where uh, where this where this trail leads tonight. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's changed quite a little bit uh, since you first get you, know, you, you first came on. The branding's changed, and um, had a few a few bits of shakes up, shake up with a few of the artwork and uh, little little bits mixed here and there, uh, which is great. And it's, and it's, Good to see it evolve, and I'm really glad you're back on the show. And it's, it's awesome to speak to you once again. Catch up with my favorite guest. Oh well, I don't know about that, but uh, you're one of my favorite podcast interviewers. Um, it's oh. been cool seeing the stuff your craft evolve. I remember when you you know first started, and you were working with more simplistic logo marks, and then you really kind of started to dive deep into illustration with your illustration of London, which was really cool. And you did New York as well, right? Did you do? Yeah, so the big posters behind me, I've done uh, New York and Tokyo, um, and I'm going to do, I will do a London one at some point, but it's just too complex with the London eye, and I'm just, just like, <laughs> The gherkin and everything, and yeah. yeah. But then you've been doing your uh, your series of all the uh, all the football players too, right, for World Cup? Yeah, we're doing a lot of the football stuff at the moment. Uh, I think that's where I really want to go with the football illustration and, uh, and push that more towards the beginning of the season and see if I can do anything for any clubs. Um, I'm, I'm still nowhere near like, the people on Instagram that I see and look up to so much, but uh, it's all about finding my style at the moment. Uh, I, I just haven't found that, that one thing. I'm, I'm, I'm getting close, I think. I was really inspired by a guy called Julian Opie, uh, who, who's done some amazing work all over the world. And I think that's where I'm sort of going to more of that simplistic style, with a little bit more shading and shadowing and big, thick outlines. You know, I think finding your own style is kind of like making a taco. You know, like you, you start with the base ingredients of like the tortilla shell and you have your rice and beans and your cheese and your meat, but then you can throw in different vegetables and you can kind of experiment and take from that base, or I guess really any food. Like I think that designs a lot like food in the sense that you have your base elements and you add spices to that and vegetables to that, your own flavors, literally, yeah. your designs that can make them uniquely yours. I know when I started off, you know, years ago, I like yourself, I was very influenced by Aaron Draplin and probably to the point of ripping him off. But um, over time, um, I, I just kind of started to find my own niche and I really kind of pulled my, my love of, of the 1960s and 70s, psychedelia, and my love for the outdoors and kind of married that to the thick line style. I'm kind of arriving at my own style now that um, that feels like me. And it's been cool watching you, Mark, as you go on that journey to try to find the same thing for yourself. It's cool seeing you evolve, your technique evolve, your your sense of form and your sense of, of like of the way that different shapes interplay with each other. It's been cool to see that evolve as well. And I think that's always super inspirational when anybody that's on the creative path stops copying other people and starts to find their own trail and starts fearlessly walking down it. I think that's when you start to really arrive at where you're trying to go as an artist so bully for you my friend uh cheers yeah it's like finding finding your own, your own salsa like to add to the taco it's great uh <laughs> it's cool I, I like it as spicy as possible which uh which i always regret later on you know when the taco goes out of me but when it's coming into me it's a good time so 
<laughs> I've been really on the burrito train at the moment. I've been, yeah, we go, we go there's a local burrito uh, place in our, our town and God, it's good. It's really, really good. Uh, you were in the States. Did you get a chance to go to Chipotle or do you guys have Chipotle in London? We have one. I think we have one in London, but I've never been. So it'd be cool. It's cool to go there. But I haven't, I wouldn't go to America when I was in America. Because in Georgia, it was, it was mainly like, not not big brands. It was mainly their own sort of stuff. Uh, I went to a really cool barbecue place. Southern Barbecue was amazing. Uh, oh, really rich flavors. Uh, yeah, that's good. That, that, that smoked meat and those like yeah. nice rubs and spices and sauces. Oh man, I I've been a vegetarian for about four months now, and I really think I miss barbecue the most because, especially down south, because those boys know how to do it right down there. It's yeah. man, you, you just feel like you just start. You're in hog heaven, literally. You know, when you eat some of that barbecue. So the American barbecue, I think, is so much different to to British barbecue. Like. Over here, we just cook it on a barbecue. We, we just cook it on like an outdoor fire. We don't, I mean, unless you get fancy, we don't really use like sauces and, and like spices and flavors as much as you guys do, which is, yeah, it, it really changes the food, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, but, we, I think we refer to that here in the States as just grilling the meat, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's what we do. You, you smoke it and then you batter it and, you know, like smother it with sauces. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good stuff. But, but we don't drink as much tea as you guys do. So you guys got to be there. <laughs> we can't bother all the faff. We just like get on with it. <laughs> just kick on the. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a food podcast. Uh, let's talk about design. So, so uh, you you said to me before the podcast, we got you got you've come up with ten commandments for design and freelancers. Do you want to talk us through? Yes, absolutely. So, just I want to give an update to everybody out there in creative waffle land, which it might not be a, a food podcast, but there's another food term right there: creative waffle. And uh, so I'm gonna, about to pour a nice heap of uh, warm, delicious, syrupy goodness on top of the waffle. And hopefully you guys can digest it. And, uh, and hopefully that can become a part of, of, of maybe your approach to freelancing. So quick update on me is that I've been freelancing for almost a year. It's actually just been a little over 11 months. And um, it's been a very scary time, especially starting out. And I, I know we've talked about that a little bit prior episodes. Um, it's been kind of a an intense journey at times, but it's ultimately been a very fulfilling and rewarding and very awesome journey. And so as I was reflecting back upon the last 11 months going into my next, you know, month before I hit a year, I kind of came up with 10 commandments uh, that you can take that I've taken to help you find your own trail and, uh, and make your own creative career. So let's just get going. And uh, it's funny because we were talking about food because the first uh, commandment actually has to do with food, sort of. Um, actually, a couple of them did, which is funny. I might just be hungry over here. So, um, But number one is don't bite off more than you can chew. It will give you indigestion, and it takes a long time to process. So let me explain this to you a little bit, Mark, and everyone listening out there in Waffle Land. Um, sometimes we feel as designers and creatives that we always have to be designing. We always have to be creating. And sometimes it's easy to say yes more than we say no. And so our plate, like our design plate or workload plate literally gets really full and we run out of like, you know, have you ever gone to like a diner or a restaurant and you, you are really hungry when you come in and you order all this food and you're all excited about eating it. But then you start eating some potatoes or start eating some waffles and waffles are pretty starchy, and so they start to fill you up. You get all this food on your plate, but you don't have any room in your stomach for it. Um, I think sometimes, at least when I was starting out, and this is something I still have to work on today as, as I progress in my career, is that I can often say yes to too many things. And eventually, my brain becomes full and my schedule becomes full, but I've already said yes to a couple of things that I can't 
uh, get to. And unfortunately, you know, it's always a hard conversation to have with a client that, oh, this is going to take longer than I expected, or I can't get to this. You don't want to have that conversation because reputation is really important. So again, my first commandment is don't bite up more than you can chew. It'll give you a digestion. It'll take you a long time to process. Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic tip. Uh, I've been guilty of that, not just in restaurants, but uh, also in the design world. You know, when I've had to give projects to friends or or, or just not been able to do them, uh, it just it just you come to that awkward situation where you, you take it on and and then you can't do it. And, and especially at work, I've got so I've got a new job and they make products, they make lanyards, so they never say yes to something that they can't do. So they always are, they always checking the factory to see if they can have the have the staff to make them and. If they can't, they won't let the client down. They won't say yes to it, and then they say they can't make it. They always say no. Sorry, we can't make it. So they never let anyone down. They're always direct and honest about it. That's and that's one of those things that you just kind of have to learn with time. I think sometimes we think that we have an infinite amount of creative energy and creative juice, but it's like a battery. Like sometimes if you're really working on a couple of projects, like on your phone, your phone winds down. You need to recharge and plug back in before you can, you know, use it for for more work later on in the future. And so. Just because you can't always do something or you have to turn things down doesn't mean you're a bad designer. It means that you're actually being really healthy and you're being mindful of your own mental health. And ultimately, that's going to gear you up for more success down the road because the importance of being successful is knowing how to say yes to the right opportunities and how to say no to the wrong opportunities. Fortunately, being on the Creative Waffle Podcast is always the right opportunity. <laughs> and you should always say yes to it whenever you see the notification coming in your inbox or on your iTunes. You should always say yes when you uh, leave a positive review, five out of five stars about this awesome podcast by my great friend, Mark. So that's the first commandment. And we got eight more, so let's do it. So yeah. number two, always do your best as quickly as possible. Find systems to expedite and automate your process. And so I'll unpack that a little bit. The client is hiring you because they've seen the work you've done and they like what you've done. They resonate with what you've done and they want that same level of care and attention to detail and whatever you're going to do for them. And the best way to do that um, consistently um, on a day-to-day on -a -day basis is to really know your tools. And that requires practice. That requires if you're, an, uh, if you're a designer, you know, going into Illustrator or Photoshop or InDesign and really learning how, what all the tools do, how your keyboard shortcuts are quick ways for you to be able to repeat things, using your layers panels effectively to organize your content, using your libraries through Adobe Creative Cloud to organize your content. If you do that, then you're gonna be able to spend more time up here in your head thinking about what you're gonna make and less time thinking about how you're gonna make it. And uh, when you have a big workload, if you, if you do bite out more than you can chew, at least you can chew it a lot quicker that way. It's almost like if you know your tools, it's like taking a big gulp of water, which helps you chew up and digest that food even quicker. And so uh, I'm a huge fan of practicing your tools, knowing your tools. And the best way to do that is create your own content because number one, it, it gives you some practice, helps you learn some new techniques. And it's something that you're not worried about pleasing a client, you're just pleasing yourself. And then when you post that to your social feeds, whether it's Dribble or Instagram or what have you, Behance, um, people can see it and then they might hire you for doing some of that similar work. So practice, practice, practice. That's, that's a great way to get faster so that you're spending more time up here and less time here with your hands. So that's the commandment number two. And uh, Mark, if you have any comment on that. I like, on. Ahead. I like it. I'm liking the speed. It's great. Awesome. All right. Well, number three, it's back up your work and organize your files. So mm. I think sometimes when I started out, I would create some things that I really liked and Illustrator would crash on me because it does that. Or I would not put the file in the right place and I'd be like, really, I really wish that I could take that piece that I had before and reuse it, but now I just have the JPEG version of it because I lost the working file. 
And man, there's been times I've really kicked myself in the butt for that because I really wish that I had access to those files that I had done originally. And so I think this kind of goes hand in hand with number two. It really helps you to go as quickly as possible if you have an archive, a working archive of all of your you know, previous assets that you've ever done. And um, I, I know for me that when I'm backed up and everything's organized, I know where everything is. So for example, I have this file, it's called Projects. And um, under Projects, I have all my archive of, of past previous jobs and my current jobs. And that way I can, and I group them all, and I put all the assets, whether it's an invoice, working files, communication, I put it in a subfolder with the name of that project that I'm working on. So that way if I ever need to go back and pull an invoice or if somebody needs to go back and get me some asset, I need to get them some assets for a project that I've done before, I can just go back and reference that. And it really gives you a lot of peace of mind. And I'm, I'm one of those people that's a lot more creative than I am organized. And so everything I can do to help me organize that is, is something that's going to help me become more successful and be confident that I have all my, my files with me. Because once you lose those files, you have to remake them again. And that's not really fun to do. Do you, do you yeah. save versions as well? Do you, like, do you have a timer or something that you save, like version one, version two, version three? Or, or do you just do it whenever you remember? <laughs> Yeah, I, do, I definitely do versions when I'm working for client work with different rounds and revisions. But usually what I do in an artboard is I will um, take a bunch of different, I think Draplin actually, I got this from him, where he'll take, he, he mentioned that vectors are free and he'll take all of his stuff, duplicate it inside of his artboard. So he has a bunch of different versioning in one particular file off, off of the main artboard. Obviously when I present to a client, I clean all that stuff up and package them the final version, but I keep one version for me that has all my thinking in it. That way I can see how I arrived to what I came to. Maybe I can pull something else later on, or if I just want to remind myself how I got to where I got to, that's a great way for me to just retrace my steps. Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic thing actually. Because he he said that in the in the workshop that we we did um, in Birmingham, just duplicating it and multiplying it. And, uh, he's done it a few YouTube videos as well, but he really stressed the importance of it, and it's it's nice to see that as well. I mean, I did some sketches, and it's it's cool to see the the progression. If you look back at your sketches or, or your design work, it's cool to see the progression, how you got to different things. And I think for me, like a lot of times, clients will ask me to create something that's similar to something that I've already made, and so. If I have a documentation of how I got to that first file, then it's easier for me to go and replicate that process for the other. I'm like, okay, I know what steps I took. I know what I was thinking. I know how I got there. Now I can more easily do it again. So I think it's uh, it's a good thing to do. And definitely, yeah, keeping. Don't be afraid of a clutter art like a clutter document. Just make sure your artboard is clean. Yeah. And uh, yeah, especially when it's just for your own reference. But there's a quick quick point on that. There's um, a Drapton also said. Uh, well, I could keep mentioning his name, but we, whilst he was doing the workshop, he also mentioned Wizard of Design. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, you can't, yeah. <laughs> he also mentioned um, in the workshop that for saving the final logo, just to make sure there's nothing else in the in the in the document. Make sure you, you have a, a new document for that. Put the final logo that you're giving to the client in a new document. Otherwise, there could be something miles off. There could be like an email or an example he gave is a real example of someone losing their job because he saved an email screenshot and had a nasty message about the client in it. And uh, you don't want to, you don't want anything like that in it. And so he's got a template for a new file with nothing. It's completely blank and no presets or anything. It's, yeah, it's a good tip. 
And I'll also say too, um, this is uh, another point to that actually, I just thought of this, but I think this is important. Whenever you're presenting a PDF to a client um, and they haven't paid you totally for all the work, what I always do is I always secure the PDF so that they cannot, you could do this under settings as you export it. That way they can't go into Illustrator and extract what I've done and not pay me for the work. Cause that has actually happened to me before where someone paid me a deposit, I show them the work, didn't secure the PDF, never heard from them again, and they used, ended up using my design without paying me for the rest, and uh, that never happened again. Like, I make sure everything's locked up so that they only get working files when that second half of the payment, the other 50% comes through. So, just a way to protect yourself, it's a simple step to do, and it makes you look professional because it, it lets your client know that you value your own work enough to get paid for it, which, which any, any self-respecting designer should. So let's keep grinding away. So number four is you don't be afraid to ask for help or for more money when needed on a project. So I think there's a tendency that we feel as designers that we have to impress our client. We have to know everything. But let's be honest, you don't know everything, like, and neither do I. I was working on a project where um, it required some setting up these um, Illustrator files to be used in After Effects so they could be animated. I don't know how to set that up. So I hired a buddy who did know how to do it, and I paid him some money. And he did it for me. Now, I could have learned to do it myself, but I have a lot of other projects to do. I can't spend the time to learn that skill. However, I can pay him, which means that it's going to get done right because I trust his work, and the client's going to be happy. And in my mind, I'm helping my friend out. I have my, my time back so I can make more money, and I'm not spending time and time learning something that I don't necessarily need to learn. I can, I can ask someone else to help me out with. Same goes with... Uh, if you see someone whose technique you really like on Instagram or whatever, like ask them how they do it. Like ask them for help. Like people ask me for help a lot for different things. I ask people some questions from time to time and, and people generally are really helpful. And especially if you're like doing it from a place of just eagerly wanting to know, not from a place of like, Oh, Hey, I want to rub shoulders with you because you're famous or because whatever, like, no, like if you just say, hey, I really like your work. You've got this technique down. I need some help. I can't figure this out. Would you mind giving me some pointers? I would say 90% of the time people are glad to offer their time to help you out because there's most likely there's been someone in their life that's helped them out get to where they've gotten. And that'll tie into a point I have later on. But, uh, and the other thing, the other point to this, this commandment, number four, is um, don't be afraid to ask for more money when you need a project. If the scope of work is increasing and they're asking for more and more things, Use some leverage, like, you know, it might seem easy to you to create or duplicate different things or try different colorways out, but they can't do that. You're the person that can do it. So it's absolutely fair to charge an extra 50 or 100 bucks, whatever your time is worth to you, um, to do extra revisions when the scope of work increases because they wouldn't be hiring you in the first place if they could do it themselves. So go in that confidence that that's what a professional does. You are worth the amount of money that you deserve. And if they're asking you for more work, then charge them more money because that's only fair to you. And it's fair to your client too. Because if, if someone was doing plumbing in my house and they said, oh, by the way, you have a leak up here in your faucet that we didn't know about, they would charge me more for that. Even if it was just 15 minutes of tightening up some, some nuts and bolts and washers, they still charge me more because they're adding value to the work that they've done. So make sure to think about your work in the same way. Do you think that a lot of youngsters struggle with that, especially I'm still struggling for, with through it. And, um, do you think it's like a, just a learning progress and learning process and you, you sort of have to go through that point of learning or, or do you think it's something you can snap out of? That's a good question. Um, I think for me, when I would spend like an extra 10 hours on a project without getting paid anything more for it, just to make a client happy when I wasn't making that much anyway, um, 
it, I realized that I, I was unsustainable for me. Like, um, like I'll, I'll mention this in a point later on in my other commandment. I, I design to live. I don't live to design for other people. I live to design my own stuff that I like to do, but I'm not going to spend my, just because I love to design and it's my passion doesn't mean that I'm going to give my time away for free to somebody. I think innately to any youngsters out there and even maybe some older people, I, I've met some older people that struggle with this as well. People that have been designing for a while. You have to believe in yourself. If you can't sell the value of your work to you first, you're not going to be able to sell it to your client. And so I would encourage you to, to just really have a conversation with yourself and say, how seriously do I take myself? Am I, am I a legitimate graphic designer or is this a hobby I'm getting paid for? And I think ultimately age doesn't really matter. Experience doesn't matter. It comes from a confidence of being able to negotiate and say, Hey, I'm worth, I mean, you've read the art of the deal. I remember you did a thing about that. You know, it's like that book talks about it too. Like know what you're worth and, um, and, and ask for it because you're worth it. So uh, that'd be my answer to that question. Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. What's number five? Make a deal. <laughs> like design is weird because especially if you're going to business for yourself, it's, you're not just an artist. You also have to be a businessman or businesswoman as well. And you have to be able to think about all aspects of the work. And if you really believe in what you're doing, then you're not afraid to advocate for yourself. So my encouragement to you is, and anybody out there is really believe in what you do and in who you are as an artist first. So Definitely. number five, I don't know how this applies in the UK, but this definitely applies to the States. So whatever the equivalent is, wherever you are in the world, I just take this advice to heart. Save at least 30% of your money for taxes and don't touch it, especially if you're working for yourself. So if you're in America and you have a boss, then you um, are responsible for 15% of your income roughly. Um, and then your employer pay, pays for the other 15% um, in taxes. But if you're self-employed, you have to pay for both parts. Is that is it similar in the UK or how does that work? Yeah, we do. I, think, I don't know if we have... I don't know if so I, uh, I should know this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should know this. Well, Sorry. Well, whatever your tax rate is, make sure to, uh, so it's really more about 25% in the States, but I save 30 just so that I have extra money over in case I get surprised with something. I am not caught with my pants down. Like I, I'm prepared for it. Right. right. And taxes are going to come like taxes are an inevitability of life. Like the only thing certain in life, I think one philosopher said is death and taxes. And they both are equally as painful, I'd imagine. So if you have your bases covered and whenever tax season rolls around, you have that money saved up and you have a little bit extra in that fund. I know every check I get, as soon as I get it deposited in my bank account, 30% immediately goes to my taxes and I do not touch it until the end of the year. And then I have, a, I have a surplus in that fund and I just roll that over to the next year. So that way, no matter how much money I make, I'm always prepared for the taxes that I have to pay. So really practical advice, but um, really important advice, especially if you want to go out on your own, because if you don't have any money and it's tax time, then you're, you can be in real trouble and you don't want that to build on each other. I've been there before. I used to be really bad with my money. I owed back taxes and it sucked because the government does not forget that you owe them. If they owe you, they'll take years and years to pay you back, but they want their money right away all the time so they can keep on bombing other countries or doing whatever they do with your money. So... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry I didn't know the answer. I should know, should know that in the UK. But uh, my situation at the moment, I'm very lucky to be still living at home, so I don't really know uh, <laughs> everything that's going on with the, with the taxes and all the stuff I'll, I'll have to pay in the future. Uh, but I know that I'm the, the job of Matt. They're, they're taking money out and obviously paying taxes for me because that's what the employees do. Employees do here. Um, they pay it for you, and then you don't have to worry about it. And uh, this, the, I, I'm, I do have to do a self assessment each year for my Blue Day Design stuff. Uh, yeah. and I haven't had enough money to, to pay tax on that yet, which is a good and bad thing. Uh, but like my granddad said, if you're paying tax, you're obviously doing something right because you, you've got enough money 
So, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing and uh, such an important thing. I'm, I'm learning as I'm coming to the age old, the old age of 20 that I need to save up money and ready to move out and I'm learning the yeah. big ways of the world. And So, yeah, I, it's something that I was, I've been thinking about a lot recently. So that's a really good point. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, you're never too young. I, I know I talk to sometimes some students that are, you know, still in university, they're 18, 19 years old, 20 years old. And they're not thinking about these things yet, but trust me, like you're going to be, you're going to be 25. You're going to be, I'm 30, I'm 10 years older than you, but you're going to be my age before you know it. I remember being 20 years old and I didn't feel like it was that long ago, even though it was 10 years ago. So the more you can prepare yourself and start thinking about the future, the better shape you're going to be for when the future comes. And it's almost like learning how to surf. Like if you practice on the little waves, then you know that in a couple of times you can go out, hit some bigger waves. And when the big surf comes, you know how to stay on your board. You know how to stay in control of your board. And you're not going to get swept under and, and, and dragged into the undertow, which nobody wants to do, especially professionally. I mean, your goal is to make as much money as you can and make sure you can keep being free as long as you can. The best way to do that is make sure you have all your bases covered when it comes to your legal work and your, your taxes. And it's boring stuff. But believe me, if you don't take care of it, it will get you. <laughs> so that's why that's number five of my Ten Commandments there. But uh, are we ready to move on to number six? Yeah. Let's do it, man. We're, we're going to chug right on through these commandments as long as it takes because I think that uh, you guys need to hear them. I know they've been really helpful to me. And if you're still listening to this, then awesome. i got some great stuff for you. Stick around for commandment number 10. It's, it's going to change your life. So I sounded like one of those like uh, those clickbait things on the internet. Like, yeah. you know. You will not believe this. <laughs> no, but number 10 definitely is the best advice that I have to give. So stick around. Number six is be a voice and not an echo. You make money copying trends, but you'll get rich by starting them. Now, let me explain this to you a little bit. So I've kind of had the, the, the awesome fortune of sort of developing my own style of design um, that I refer to as hypedelic design. Kind of, I mentioned earlier, marrying my love for the outdoors and um, the natural settings, natural, national parks, et cetera, with um, kind of the psychedelic um, counterculture. And I think sometimes people get me wrong. I, I have used psychedelic drugs in the past um, as well as cannabis. Um, I no longer use psychedelic drugs in my life. Um, I had a pretty crazy experience where I almost died um, while I was on LSD. So I've had some really good things come from that and also really terrifying thing come from that. And I've come to a point where uh, it's no longer necessary in my life at this point. How, and I'm not saying to do them or not to do them, but I'm saying that you don't need to do them necessarily to get to the same perspective. Um, I feel like just creating on its own, just being creative is its own psychedelic compound because essentially you're taking something, all the psychedelic means is it's, it's like of the mind, like something that's of the mind and everything that we create is from our minds. And the act of creating itself is so mystical and beautiful that to me, I've realized that drugs can only really pale in comparison to the power that we have between our ears and behind our eyes. And that is the most powerful drug in the universe if you use it for good. And so anyway, um, just, I, I'm just saying that to say that I do not advocate drug use or, or encourage that. I just enjoy that aesthetic. And, um, and I love the music of that time. I love the political um, implications of that time as well. Um, and I feel that we're in a time now culturally where there's a lot of those themes that were around in the late 60s, and early 70s are sort of coming back. And I've sensed that the style is really picking up and getting some traction. So as I've developed the style over the last year of um, designing, and it really is one of those things where if I hadn't gone out on my own and tried to find my own path, I never would have arrived at the style. And when I, before I came up with the psychedelic style, in fact, I remember exactly when it happened. I have something in my dribble and my Instagram that was a boot 
and it said let's get hikeadelic on it i'm sure you've seen it before i'm sure if you're familiar with my work you guys have seen it it's pretty popular when it came out but that was really the turning point for me as, as a freelance artist because between july and december i was kind of trying to find my voice and copy other people's styles in order to try to make money and i made some money but it wasn't wasn't that great i was kind of sweating it out and ever since i really kind of went to cal I was in california and i was hanging out you know um in palm palm springs um and I kind of came up with that style. I've been busy ever since. Kind of, you know, people have been hiring me for that style. I've never really had a break from design work since. And like, I always have projects in work. And I, I feel like that's attributed to me going out there and finding my, my voice. And so, again, I encourage you to be a voice and not an echo. Again, you'll make money copying trends, but you get rich by starting them or by building upon a trend and making it your own. By, by not cluttering up, you know, by not making a shallow imitation of somebody else's work, but by doing the hard work of finding what can I, Benjamin Howes, uniquely contribute to the design experience? What can Mark Hirons contribute to the design experience that has never been seen before in quite that way? That is how you start to get a following. That's how you start to make money. That's how you also start to make an impact um, in the world around you. And there's really nothing better about being a designer than actually making a positive impact on the world. And that's why I'm in it for, and that's why I know so many other people are in it for it. So that's number six. So do you have anything to speak to that? Just, yeah, just making the world better by design. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, cool. So number seven, uh, always offer a hand up to others and accept the blessings that the universe sends your way. So what I mean by that is that um, sometimes, you know, people will come and ask me questions and they'll want me to look at their work or they'll ask me, you know, how I got to do what I'm doing or how I handle contracts or this or that. I always try to take the time to respond to them. Maybe not in depth, but because of time permitting, but I usually try to respond as much as I can and give them a solid answer. Because I remember back in the day when I was starting out and I knew nothing, there was this guy um, that got me started on design. His name is Martin Barker. He's from my hometown of Lancaster. And he was the one that told me when I really was at a point in my life where I was super depressed. I was actually suicidal at this point because I didn't feel like I was 23 years old. I was three years older than you, Mark. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. That's, and then he knew I was creative because I was a musician. And he told me that all creative people have a, a storm of potential energy above their head that's waiting to strike. It just needs a target to hit. And he told me that my target was graphic design. He just was bold enough to say that to me. And then he also followed up and he taught me a couple things about Illustrator. I remember going to his house in his studio. He gave me a couple of fake assignments that, you know, I didn't get paid for, but I got to kind of challenge myself and learn. And I fell in love with the software. And now, you know, uh, seven years later, I'm <laughs> without any art school education, without any formal training in graphic design, I'm working for myself, doing what I absolutely love to do because somebody was, was kind enough to take some time to invest in me. And so I encourage everybody who's got any measure of success in this industry to don't, do not become stuffy. Do not become, you know, a jerk about it or get, let your ego get in the way, but, but kill your ego and think about the blessings the universe has given you in being able to arrive where you are and how you can help pull other people up and get them out of their nine to five, you know, dreaded existence into something that's more beautiful and personal to them. And so and conversely, accept the universe of blessings the universe sends your way. So people might offer you things sometimes. They might offer you like, um, you know, a, a sponsorship or maybe somebody will want to feature your work on something or, you know, it's, it's something that you feel in your gut that is a good move for you. 
like accept those things. If somebody loves your work, don't, don't, don't be shy and say, oh, I'm not that good. Say, thank you very much. I'm so glad it resonates with you. What about my work resonates with you? And accept that opportunity as a way to grow. And sometimes we don't accept those things because we're almost afraid to get our work out there. We're afraid of the vulnerability that happens when we allow ourselves to really um, allow other people to, to speak to us. But I feel like the most growth happens when people that aren't us look at our work and tell us what they like about it or what they don't like about it and then give us a chance to grow and move forward. So that's the seventh commandment right there. I think that's a really important one. I mean, if we're not in this to help other people, like what's the point? You can get all the money in the world, but if you lose your soul in the process, like what have you gained by the time you die? When I die, I don't want to think about how much money I have in my bank. I want to see a bunch of different, when I die, I want to be able to see a bunch of different works that all these people that I've inspired throughout the course of my life have made. And I want to see those in my head or on my, you know, the Instagram of the future, which will probably be like directly implanted in your brain or whatever. Like that's what I want to look at when I die. Not, not my bank figures because you can't take that crap with you. But I do believe that you can take creativity with you because creativity is infinite. So that's commandment number seven. Moving along, right along. Number eight, have a life outside of graphic design. Please. It will consume your every moment if you let it. So graphic design to me is a lot like a fire, okay? We all know about fires, especially wildfires. Smokey the bear, only you can prevent wildfires. And that's true. Only you can prevent graphic design from burning down your life. And I mean, that sounds weird because it's your passion. But let me tell you something about fire. When you control fire, it's an incredibly powerful thing. It can power, like when it's in an engine, it can power an internal combustion engine, like a locomotive. It can heat your house or warm your house. It can provide you warmth and, and light when you're camping in the woods. But if you allow that to get outside of its bounds, then it starts to take things over. And you're not in control of the fire anymore. The fire's in control of you. And so I think about like when I'm camping, when you're camping, you usually have like a fire pit. And then you have your sticks inside of there and your charcoal in there. Your fire's got boundaries. And it can burn really hot. And it can burn for a long time. And it can provide a lot of light that people from other campsites want to come and congregate around. It can provide warmth. It can provide illumination. But the second that thing jumps out of there, then it's outside of your control. And I know people, and I've been this way myself, where all I do is design. Because I feel like I have to make more money or I feel like I have to keep getting better. But sometimes the best way to grow as a designer is to put down what you're working on and then go like go on a walk or do something different and reset your mind, reset your vision. Like I'm a musician, so I'm in a band now too. And then like we go out and play shows. And for me, like solving the creative problems of being in a band is a way to help me and grow as a designer. I also really am into like meditation and, and eating a vegetarian diet and stuff like that and being outside and hiking and that feeds back into my work as well. So it's almost like a stream too. Like the more streams you have flowing into a lake, the more vibrant and alive that lake is going to be. And if that lake is just has nothing in it except for its own water, it will eventually become stagnant. And what used to be fresh and, and refreshing and, and purifying will become diseased. And the same thing with your creative output. If design is all you ever do, you're going to get burned out because the fire is going to burn everything out. So I encourage you to, um, it's okay. You don't have to be focused on design 24-7. That can be a part of who you are. But don't let it consume you to the point that it's all that who you are. And so that's commandment number eight. Yeah, yeah. finding that passion outside. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's something I've again I've done this year. Being going to the gym and getting the stress of uh, all of that out, out and in the gym and all the aggression that comes with uh, all of the competition and all the stuff, all the little niggly bits in your mind. It, it gets out in the gym or, or just takes your mind away from it, and you're not focusing on work at all. 
you try, I really try to shut it off. It's yeah, it's really, really good. And then you feel like, do you feel like Mark, when you come back to your work, you can almost see it more objectively. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a bit clearer. It's, it's, it's such a strange thing, you know, taking that break and, and getting away from design. It's, it's such a weird thing. It, it, it sort of steers you in a clearer path when you come back to it. Absolutely. And it, it just makes you more well, well-rounded. And I know, for example, like I like to travel a lot and every time I travel, the experiences that I have, really give me a, a greater context from which I can design because I've, you know, been to different places. I've seen different things. I've seen different designs. And if I only stayed in my office all the time and never traveled, which as an introvert, I sometimes wanted to do, um, I, I would, my work would start feeling the same and I would be all stressed out because there's, you know, it's like I'm just living for, for the paycheck or living to design something different. Mm-hmm. And it's just like my wife. Like I have very happily married to my wife for four years and but if I spent every single minute of every single day with her, we would get so sick of each other. Like in a relationship, you need time to have your separate time together and apart so that you have time to miss the other person and love the other person more. And I know that whenever I go a week without seeing her and I see her again, my love for her just increases that much more. Whereas if we were to spend every single minute of every day together, we would be very sick of each other and that would be bad for our relationship. And so um, I think the same thing applies to really anything in life. It's all about balance. But, um, yeah. Hundred percent. So we got two more. Number nine and then number ten is gonna change your life, guys. So stick around. I mean, you grab some popcorn. You know, uh, go to the bathroom if you have to. Put this thing on pause because number ten is gonna gonna revolutionize everything you do, and you're never gonna be the same again. So uh, how's that for clickbait? Uh, but uh, I guess it'd be watch bait in this in this in this instance. But number nine. Um, remember why you're doing what you're doing. You're designing to live, not living to design. Unless you want to, of course. A creative career gives your life creative options. Let me explain what that means. So for me, design is a platform. It's like almost like a foundation upon which I can build the house of my life. Like I like to travel, like I mentioned. And so because I can work for myself, I can just take my gear with me and I can go out to Colorado for a while and work on projects. Or I'm going to be going to China here in a couple of months. You know I'm going to bring my computer because I know I'm going to be inspired by what I see in Shengdao, in Beijing, in Shanghai, in, in the Great Wall, or every place that we're going to go. So everywhere I travel, um, you know, every I always think about design got me here. Like I was able to buy, to pay for my car in cash that I earned from design. Like for me, it's almost like this. Like I had this vision one time um, <laughs> while I, um, I was just thinking about the nature of work, and I think a lot of people see work as something that they have to go out and actively plant seeds. Like you plant seeds over here, over there, and you, you wait for the seeds to pop up and you collect the, the fruits of those trees. But you're always planting seeds. You're always trying to find new places to plant seeds. I used to see it that way too. But now I see design as me holding up a hose and just shooting water out to the air. And what that means is like all I have to do, let me explain this to you. If you're shooting a hose up in the air, it's going to go, the water stream is going to go straight up in the air. I know we're talking a lot about water and fire and all these different things and food because all this stuff really relates to the creative process in a cool way because they're all creative elements, you know. And so the water goes straight up in the air and then it starts, it comes back down, trickles down through through the air, hits the ground, and it starts to saturate everything around it. Now, if you're in a desert or a dry area or an area that there's no vegetation, what's going to happen is the more you keep pumping that water up and the more it comes down, then organically things things are going to start to grow up around you. And so instead of trying to plant seeds in dry ground and hoping something's going to grow, 
you're always nurturing that ground. And then eventually on its own, things are going to start to grow and things are going to start to manifest. You're going to start to get fruits. You're going to get trees and you're going to get a lush garden of creativity around you. From that garden, you can select different fruits, flowers, whatever to really add to your life. The only thing that we have to do as creatives is to keep that water flowing. And so what that means for me, I don't even think about work anymore and me going out and getting new jobs. I think about work to me is just keep on working and posting my content to Dribble and Instagram, which are my two main channels. I know you do the same thing. So many people do. But if I keep posting that stuff over and over and over again, I'm going to keep growing that garden around me and that's going to be able to sustain me. And that's going to be able to give me sustenance um, indefinitely as long as I keep that hose up. So my encouragement to you guys would be, just think of yourself as just a person that's holding your creative hose. Just make sure that your creativity is pumping through it and ignore all the sexual connotations that, that might come to mind through this. But, uh, but um, I mean, just keep, keep letting it flow through you. And eventually it's going to saturate everything around you. You're going to have this lush garden that you can walk in instead of just sometimes planting seeds here or there and finding a little bit of success every now and then. You're going to have a constant source of nutrients and a growth in your life. And then take those fruits and don't just, you know, like, don't just eat them, but like use that stuff to go out and enjoy your life. If you like to travel, travel. If you like to bands, like if you like to play music, start a band like I did with my friends and create some posters and graphics for that and just and just diversify the richness of your garden that way as well. And so again, the, the point I really want to hit home with this is that a creative career gives your life creative options. And it's not just limited to a nine to five. It's not just limited to you making money. It's limited to you for fulfilling and following after and pursuing your dreams with the confidence of knowing that your base income will be taken care of because you're keeping your hose up and, and you're, uh, you're saturating the ground around you. So that's number nine. So right. It's like using graphic design to open doors and, and uh, create new opportunities too around you. I've met some of the greatest friends in my life because of design and I've made the strongest relationships and I've had the most fulfillment because of it. And Design in and of itself is good, but the stuff that it allows you to achieve is even greater. And so now we come to number 10 of the 10 commandments, the, the one commandment that will revolutionize, change, empower your life, that will regrow your hair if you have lost all your hair, that will make you go five inches taller if you need to be, the kind that will help you bound over tall buildings and fly through the universe at breakneck speeds. And are you ready to hear the 10th commandment? You guys ready? All right. Number 10, keep listening to the Creative Waffle Podcast. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Mark, uh, Mark puts a lot into this, and it's something that he doesn't have to do, but it's something that he does anyway, and it's a wonderful service to the design community, and um, I love it. I love him, and I'm really honored to be on here for a third time, and hopefully this won't be my last time on the podcast. So keep on listening. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you very much. I didn't expect that. <laughs> All right. I got you. I got you. <laughs> brilliant yeah well it's been that's been amazing that's, that's really gonna help a lot of people i think so thank you very much of course yeah, it's awesome to have you back on the show glad to hear you're doing well and glad to hear everything's going well for you absolutely and same with you as well i, I noticed you got a tattoo i didn't notice that before is that new yeah so <laughs> so i designed something cool and uh which is sort of like based around king kong and that sort of idea i don't know if you can see it very well but that's the idea of that one and then uh belief in action is just sort of my motto uh, I just sort of wanted that. I thought that'd be cool as well. Just, <laughs> just, just, just something, yeah, just something to pass the time. Uh, can I ask? I'll ask two. I'll ask two of them uh, again. 
Right, so the first one is, what's your best purchase under $100? Jeez, um, I'm going to have to say Chipotle, <laughs> just because I eat that stuff all the time. I, I don't know. Like, All right, I'm going to change that. Going out to get Brassica, which is this really delightful like vegetarian place here in Columbus that has like um, Lebanese Mediterranean food. Going there and then going to this place called Bodega, which is in Columbus, and they have drinks. And then going there with my wife, like going on a date night with her, spending time with her. I guess for me, man, money is only important if you can use it to spend time with people you love or spend time doing things that you love. That's really all that money matters to me. And I, and I love her and I love spending time with her. And so I would say that'd be my best uh, purchase under $100. Fantastic answer. Love it. Uh, number two and the last one is how do you want to be remembered? Ooh. Hmm. I guess I just want to be remembered as somebody who like, like you're, you're, you're saying, um, you know, like belief in action. I, I have a similar philosophy and um, I actually wrote it down in the basement of my home when I bought it and I look at it every time I go to do the laundry and it's a uh, design brings order out of chaos. Um, I guess I want to be remembered. I guess when I die, I want that to be on my tombstone. I wanted to say, you know, Ben brought order out of chaos. We live in a crazy chaotic world there's a lot of people that are merchants of chaos and merchants of despair. And I want to be uh, the counterbalance to that. I want to be remembered as somebody who gave his best to do his best and leave the world looking a little bit better than uh, he found it. Amazing. And I'll say too, uh, if you guys are not familiar with me or my work, I would love to you to say hello. Check me out. Uh, my website is housedesignservice.com. That's H-O-W-E-S, designservice.com. You can find me on Instagram at housedesignservice, all one word, all lowercase. You can also find me at dribble at dribble backslash housedesign. I would love to connect with you and uh, hear your story as well. And uh, remember, we're all in this together. We're really all connected. We're all one. And creativity is something that really unites us all together into really one family. And that's a beautiful thing. So peace out. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening to what I have to say. And keep listening to the Creative Wolf podcast because it really is about as good as it gets. Thank you. Thanks very much, Ben. I really appreciate that. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Go and check out Ben. Say hello. And I'll see you in the next episode.